0: Welcome to Plugged Into Christ. This is your announcer, Zavin Grady. Today we explore more of our new podcast series titled, Romans' Exclamation of God's Righteousness, with pastor and teacher, William Polis. In part three, Pastor Polis will begin in Romans chapter four and continue to the end of chapter six. We pray that you will glean wisdom and knowledge from this brand new podcast series. Now here is Pastor William Polis with part three of Romans explanation of God's righteousness.
1: Greetings, everyone. We are excited that you have decided to join Plugging the Christ today. Plug in the Christ studying the Bible is paramount. Uh, while I do use commentaries such as Matthew Henry or Spurgeon, I also use uh, ancient history and ancient archaeology, of which I have been uh, studying for the last 52 years. I feel that using this. With the Bible first, and then my vast knowledge of both areas of ancient history and and archaeology, I feel that it really helps you to understand it better. And I feel it's my duty to pass this information along to you. Alright, let's get started with today's podcast, Part 3 of Romans, The Explanation of God's Righteousness. We begin in Romans chapter 4, where it speaks about Abraham being justified by faith. That is in the very beginning of Romans Chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. Now if you notice near the end of Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26, Paul is talking about God's righteousness through faith. In chapter 3, uh, verses 27 through 31. Now Paul argues that boasting of works or the law is not to be done. Rather, boasting by faith through faith around two prophets, Abraham and David. The first of which Paul talks about is Abraham. Here is Paul, his best example, according to Bible commentary David L. Bartlett, who says this, Justification by faith and the right relationship to God, which does not depend on the law, because he wants the right relationship to be open to the law-abiding Jews and to the Gentiles without the law. The fact also that Paul discussed in chapter three verses 25 through 29 concerning circumcision, now in, and here in chapter four, verse three, Paul reasons that Abraham was not circumcised yet he believed he had faith in God, and that God made him righteous. Genesis 15:6 Abraham was not circumcised until two chapters later. So God had already impeded the righteousness upon Abraham because he had faith in God. And then he would be circumcised that much later on in in two, uh, two chapters later in Genesis 17, 23 through 27. We must remember that Abraham is an Old Testament prophet whose events of the life took place between the 19th and 18th century B.C., this is long before Christ and Christ's death on the cross, to which securing salvation for all those who confess their sins. So, in Abraham's case, he knew nothing about salvation. In fact, salvation never existed in a time he lived. This truth also applies to David, Romans 4, verses 5 through 8. David is also justified the ungodly and was therefore was counted in righteousness. David describes the blessedness of man to whom God impedes righteousness apart from works when he says, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Abraham justified before circumcision, Romans 4, verses 9 through 12. In verse 9, Paul asks, Does this blessedness of the Lord come to to the circumcised or the uncircumcised? God counted Abraham's faith in him for his righteousness. Abraham was accounted as righteous while uncircumcised. But Abraham was made righteous before he he became circumcised, Genesis chapter 15, and became circumcised two chapters later, as we have said before in, in Genesis chapter 17. Abraham became the first of all fathers and prophets that believed, though they were uncircumcised but righteous, and that righteousness was imputed to them. And and, and Paul also tells us this in verses 10 and 11. Paul was the father of circumcision, the first to receive it in his body, not only for those of circumcision, but those also who walk in the step of faith of which Abraham had while uncircumcised. Promise granted through faith Romans four verses thirteen through twenty five. Paul says that the promise of that Abraham was not to Abraham or a seed to the law, but was through righteousness of faith, Romans four thirteen. For those who are of the law, faith is therefore made void, and the promise of no effect. Romans four fourteen. Because the law brings about wrath for those when there is no law, there is no transgression, Romans four fifteen, It is faith that might be, a, be according to grace, so that it is assured to all seed, not only to those who are of the law, rather faith according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all of the seed, not only for those in the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 16. Paul quotes Genesis when he, said, when he tells Abraham, I have made you the father of all nations. Though God who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence, verse 17, in verse 18, Paul says that Abraham, who was was contrary to hope, but did believe in it, so he became the father of all nations according to what God told him. Paul states in verse 19 that Abraham was not weak in faith, but was old and dead. Remember that Abraham was around 100 years old. Paul says that the womb of Sarah was dead in verse 19. He did not waver in God's promise and did not show any unbelief but strengthened in faith in the glory of God, verse 20. Abraham was fully convinced that whatever God promised, God was able to perform, verse 21. Abraham was accounted to God by God to all righteousness in verse 22 as it was written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but also for us as well, to all who believe in him, who raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 24. Jesus was delivered unto death because of our sins, and it is his death that he justifies us before his Father, Jehovah God. Romans chapter 5. Faith triumphs in trouble. Romans 5 verses 1 through 5. Paul says that we've been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 1. We are given access by faith through His grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. Verse 2. Paul says that we have glory in tribulations, but that through tribulation brings perseverance. Verse 3. He goes on to say that in the faith of grace in Jesus Christ, that perseverance brings about character and character brings hope. Romans 5.4. In verse 5, Paul says that, his, that this hope does not disappoint because of the love of God. That love has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who He gave to us. What Paul is explaining in verses 1-5 through five is that God's grace in Jesus Christ, that and through that we may have access to God. It also shows how Christ makes access possible by being obedient where Adam was disobedient. Christ in our place, Romans 5, verses 6 to 11. In verses 6 to 11, Paul explains the need for Christ as our advocate, because when we were without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 6. In verses 7 and 8, Paul says that Christ died for all of humanity who was lost, vile, obnoxious, unworthy as unworthy as we were. And by His dying on the cross and His sacrifice, it brings righteousness and justification to us all. That through this sacrifice of His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. Verses 8 and 9. We must remember that God's thoughts and ways are above ours. For even as we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through death of His Son, Jesus Christ. And through reconciliation, we shall be saved by His life. Verse 11. Death in Adam, life in Christ. Romans 5, 12 through 21. As Adam sin entered the world through Satan, and there became death through that sin, which spread to all man, because all sin. In verse 12, until the law, sin was in the world, but sin when it was not imputed where there was no law. Verse 13. From Adam to Moses there was death because of sin, and even for those who did not sin according to the likeness transgression of Adam until the one who came, Jesus Christ. Therefore, Jesus Christ is called the last Adam by Paul. The free gift is is not like the offense. It is because of the grace abounded through God and through Jesus Christ, which gave salvation and grace to many. Verse 15. Paul makes a great distinction in verse 16. Thus judgment comes to those who sin without salvation through Christ and through the grace of God, as was for the example from Adam to Moses, but it comes through the gift of salvation by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and therefore there is justification. Through one, first Adam, there was death, which reigned for all mankind. But for those who received the gift of grace and righteousness through Jesus Christ, Paul says that for, all, for man, their sins result in judgment, and are, are, which are affected all men. It affects all men. But through Jesus' righteous act, the gift became one that was available to all men, which resulted in justification for life. Verse 18. Through one man's disobedience, the first Adam, many were made sinners, but through Jesus' obedience, the last Adam, many were made righteous. Verse 19. When the law entered into that offense, Moses receiving the Ten Commandments from God, sin might abound more, but where sin abounded, so grace also abounded that much more. Verse 20. Paul seems in verse 20 to be writing this to face off and anticipate objection to to the concerning law and grace and the difference between them think about this until christ came from the time of moses and the ten commandments did not the grace abound that much more to the remitting of sins corruption and guilt sin results in death but grace might reign through the eternal life of jesus christ our lord verse 21 romans chapter 6 dead to sin alive to god romans 6 verses 1 through 14. Paul writes this chapter concerning sanctification in around 58 58 AD. Paul asks the question in verses 1 and 2, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died in sin live any longer in it? Here is Paul's discourse, Should we do evil that good may come? Should we commit more sin with much more boldness so that the grace of God may be magnified in our pardon? God says, no, that is an abuse. In verse 2, Paul points out that that many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus that were also not baptized into his death. In verse 3, Paul points out that we were buried with him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the grave by the glory of the Father, so sh- shall we walk in the newness of life. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death, so shall we be in the likeness of his resurrection. First 4. We who, who believe know that the old man, the sinful life, was crucified with him, and that sin should be done, and we shall not be slaves to our sin no more. Now this is from from Matthew Henry Commentary. We must avert, observe the nature of the sanctification. What it is and wherein it consists. Sanctification, sanctification consists of two things. Mortification. Dying to sin. And vivification. Living in righteousness. Mortification. Putting off the old man in several ways. And here Paul gives several examples of this in Romans chapter 6. We must no longer live in sin, Romans 6.2. The body of sin must be destroyed, Romans 6.6. 6. We must be dead indeed to sin, Romans 6.11. Sin must not reign in our mortal bodies that we should obey it, Romans 6.12. We must not yield our members as instruments of unrighteousness Romans six thirteen. The second part of this vivication or living to righteousness and what this consists of is also contained here in Romans chapter 6 and it consists of to walk in the newness of life Romans 6 4 this newness must mean that also a newness of heart it is also to be alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.11 We must yield ourselves to God as to those who are alive from the dead. Romans 6.13 This means to yield ourselves to all those who the Lord spoke as of in charge of us. Paul stated that we are bondservants of whom and such we serve and obey who have authority over us. This is the part of the holiness, vivification to which Paul speaks of, which we may obey the Lord and all those who have authority over us. We do that, we please God. It is also to yield our members as instruments of righteousness to God. From slaves of sin to slaves of God. Romans 6.15-23 We were slaves to sin, but through Christ's death and resurrection... We gain grace through salvation to all who believe. For those, through our former heart, we were slaves to sin, yet we obeyed from the heart that the former doctrine to which we, you were delivered. Verse 17. In obeying, you became slaves to righteousness. Verse 18. In verse 19, Paul states that when we were slaves to the weakness of the flesh, just as your members and, and and were slaves unto uncleanliness and lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of right to righteousness for holiness. Paul says in verse 20, When you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Now Matthew Henry tells us that in verses 17 through 20, First, is freedom from the service of sin is shaking off that yoke. Second, resign ourselves to the important service of God and righteousness to God who is our master to righteousness as our work. In verse 21, it says, what apprehensions is now had from the former work or way? Romans six twenty-one, And that would be an unfruitful service. You know, what, and when Paul asked, what fruit did, have had you then when you were unclean? That this unfruitful service that was becoming, in which we were not ashamed, ashamed of the folly, ashamed of the filth. Now Paul explains in verse 21 that the end of living in sin is death. However, if you believe you are counted in righteousness of God, then you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. You have fruit to holiness and to the end, everlasting life, verse 22. And here Paul gives the coup de grace. And this is a great contrast concerning sin and the gift of God. And we all know this verse, Romans 3.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, that's all we have today for today's podcast. I hope you will join us next time as we continue covering Romans chapter 7 through 9 in this podcast series titled Romans, the Explanation of God's Righteousness. Our earnest prayer here at Plugged into Christ is that all of these podcasts have helped you understand the Bible better, strengthen your faith, and encourage you to spend time reading and studying the Word. I want to encourage you here at Plugged into Christ to spend time in the Word, spend time praying, and most of all, be part of your local church services each and every Sunday. Now just as a reminder, Plugged into Christ podcasts are, are published through Buzzsprout.com You can download the Buzzsprout or Spotify, Pandora, iTunes or one of other 8 or 10 available podcast sites on uh, Android phone or iPhone and then you can listen to the podcast there. Now we would love to have you uh, contact us if you have any questions or you want to uh, speak to me personally. drop me an email at poliswt at yahoo.com. We would love to hear your feedback or even your answers to questions you might have. If you live in the Lorraine County area, we'd love to have you come and join us for church service. are located at 1900 West 19th Street in Lorraine, Ohio. Our normal church service is at 2 p.m. Until the next podcast, may the Lord richly bless and keep you.
0: This has been a presentation of Plugged into Christ with your host, pastor, and teacher, William Polis. You won't want to miss our next podcast where we cover part four of Romans' Exclamation of God's Righteousness, chapters seven through nine. Plugged into Christ is a podcast sponsored through the Full Gospel Church. This is your announcer, Zayvon Grady, wishing you a blessed day.